0: Hi everybody, I'm George, the host of The Best Little Horror House in Philly. It's the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. And because of that, I figured I'd let the guests themselves tell you a little more about the show. Here's Betsy Sidaro. I'm oh, sorry, so this is too- Great, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Yeah, but isn't the distribution hard? No, Anchor distributes for you to a majority of podcast platforms. All you have to do is hit publish. You can even make money with sponsorships, and there's no minimum listenership. Well, yeah, but I don't know anything about audio editing, so... That's the great thing. You don't have to. There's creation tools that allow you to easily make a podcast right in the app. All you need is your phone, and best of all, it's completely free. It sounds like it's time to get started, though. No, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, so, uh, if a bunch of survivors start coming here, won't that attract the undead? I mean, I guess so. What was that? Oh my god, they breached the walls! Alright, turn off the podcast. Everybody to your battle stations. This podcast contains subject matter that may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to open the door in your mind. Sit back and listen to true horror. But be careful what you allow in. Because it's time to go through, through the, fog. the fog. This week's story is Ink. Posted by user CucumberHojo to r slash scary stories. His smile was feral. Like a weasel or a smearing Doberman. But it never faltered. I suppose that's why I signed. Some people are just good at closing, I guess. The deal was too good to be true. Literally, I didn't believe it. The rate, the commitment, the financing, this would change my life. i had been trying to land a business loan for weeks and was, to be perfectly honest, about to throw in the towel. Then I walked into the lobby of Raynard National Bank. And within a few minutes, I was in the little cubicle office of this man with a well-fitted suit and a pointed smile, which never slipped over his gleaming teeth. He made me uncomfortable. He is what my dad would call a hard sell. But when he laid out the details of the agreement, there wasn't much I could say. It was more than what I needed, and whatever the reservations I had about the man offering it were superseded by shockingly low-percentage figures I saw on the paper in front of me. So when it came time to put my name to paper, I knew I really didn't have a choice. He told me to sign, smile beaming like a gas lamp, and motioned to a cup full of pens. Whichever you want, he told me. I don't know that I'd ever thought about what pen to grab before. It was such a banal exercise. Really, you just grab whatever's closest and use it. But I did then. There were only three, splayed out along the rim of the cup, waiting. Two were standard black, plastic Bic instruments, the kind you buy in bulk pack at the corner store when you finally realize you've run out of pens. The third, however... It was so out of place as to be comical, like a woman wearing a derby hat to a children's soccer game, ornately polished and gleaming... It was a pen that should have been behind glass at a museum or used by some bureaucratic calligrapher to draft peace accords. I reached for the pen because, like the loan agreement when I thought about it, there really was no choice at all. It felt cool in my hand. And I wondered if it had been made of bone or ivory or even marble or some other equally outrageous material one would craft a pen from. The banker smiled at me as I removed the cap and brought the pin's head to the paper. Everything about this was off. But really, who cared? I wasn't accepting unmarked bills from some guy in an alleyway. I was in the lobby of a bank with branches across the country, sitting 20 feet from a crappy instant coffee machine. So what if this banker had a creepy smile and a pen that looked like it was recovered from the Titanic? I made a mark on the page. The pen glided like it had been made only to form the curves and lines of my name. Then it was done. I had my loan, and I'd be able to open my restaurant. When I went to drop the pen back into its cup, the banker stopped me. Keep it, he said. That struck me as odd, of course. This was a beautiful writing device, not some chibi ballpoint fished out of a waiter's apron. I just assumed the man left it there as a showy display. One last turn of the screw to get folks to sign papers. I demurred. I couldn't take this pen, especially after inking what was easily the most generous business loan agreement in at least a decade. But the smiling man insisted, and the pen was so beautiful after all. So I eventually agreed and left Reynard National Bank with a new lease on life and a flashy new pen. Things rolled quickly after that. I got my business up and running, hired my staff, welcomed my first patrons. I was shocked by how quickly we were able to fill up. I'm a good chef, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but the response was shocking. Nearly all new restaurants failed, but we were off to a hot start, and coupled with unbelievable low rates on my loan, we're well on our way to making a profit already. This is a tad embarrassing, but since that day at the bank, I had taken it carrying the pin around with me. Sort of a good luck charm. It always got a reaction, too. Whenever I produced it to sign off on whatever delivery had come to the kitchen that day, It was beautiful, after all. I was happy. Who wouldn't be? Things were good, and I, for the first time in a long time, felt blessed. The only concern I had was sleep. All entrepreneurs, at least successful ones, work hard. Hard work can lead to bad sleep schedules. I knew that getting into everything. This, though, it was different. I was sleeping, but when I slept, I'd begun to have these bizarre dreams, if you could even call them that. Waking dreams, I believe is the term. In which you still feel awake. Like part of your brain is still firing. Not unconscious, I, I don't know. I'm not a sleep expert. Regardless, they were becoming more frequent. They are always the same. I'm in my bed. It's dark. I feel the door open. Feel it. Not hear it or see it. And then I know someone's in the room with me. I don't hear them moving. I don't see a shape or a shadow, not at first. I just know they're there. And when I turn my head faintly, I can see an outline of what could be a man. It could also just be a chair upon which I heat my dirty clothes after long shifts. This is far more likely, but in any case, the shape is familiar. It reminds me of the man with the pointed smile. It sits there, watching. At first, that was all. I'd feel this present, shake myself back to a state of fully awake, see you in the chair, and then drift back off. Then the word started. Payment, it said. That's all. Just that word, spoken as plainly and flatly as a cashier at a gas station. I try to ignore it as best I can, telling me it's stress coming out when I'm drifting off. But the funny thing is, every time I hear that word, My mind fills with images of that pen, smooth and glimmery and beautiful. The dreams have been coming more frequently. They're starting to have an effect on my work now, keeping me up, making me wired and less sharp. Every night, that man who isn't a man comes and reminds me of my payment. Every night, he looks more and more like the smiling banker and less like a pile of clothes on a chair. I sleep with the pen in my hand now. I like the smooth feel of its casing against my palm. Yesterday, I had a vendor come in late. He looked as harried as I must have. He had lost half my shipment. I wasn't mad, which I think surprised him. My smile actually seemed to upset him. That was all right. I don't know why I said what I said to him. But I made him an offer. If generous, too generous. He had screwed up. But I knew this would make it okay again. I told him I would pay in full. Agreed to keep using them as a supplier despite the issues. We drafted an agreement. I just needed him to sign. I knew he'd seen my pen. My precious pen peeking out of my shirt pocket. I told him he could use it. I don't know why, it just felt right. He took it from me, his eyes going wide as he saw just how beautiful it was. Keep it, I told him though the words didn't feel like my own. And so he did. I felt much better. All day, like I'd finally woken up after a long sleep. When I finally got back to my bed that night, I did not dream of the smiling man. Instead, I had a different dream. I entered a room I did not recognize. It was a bedroom. There was a man there, pretending to sleep. I sat, I watched him. I didn't speak. He knew why I was there. I would tell him soon enough. When I woke today, I felt worse than I had in weeks. Hollow. Like there's less of me. Like I needed more to fill it up. Through the Fog was recorded by Haptic. Edited by Brad LeBaron, Haptic, and Kevin Caravan. And produced by Flyover State Park. All stories are recorded either with the author's permission or with a Creative Commons share-like license. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find links to Haptic and Flyover at State Park's link trees down in the show notes. There you can find links to our podcast on other platforms, as twitter and other social media and youtube links redistribution or sale of this podcast is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of both haptic and the story authors thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week this is flyover state park you are clear to land Find Jacob. I'm on my computer now, typing out what has happened to me last night. I was sure I wasn't bit, but I don't even know if that's how those things spread.